This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, for dinner tonight at 10 p.m., I ate half a box of um, Wheatons and a handful of chocolate chips. So you can say it was, you know, one of those kind of days. I mean, that's just some some quality nutrition. It's a hell of a right dinner. There. Hell of a dinner. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Gentlemen, I, I am doing quite well tonight. Let me just uh, grab what I wrote down last week. I was so excited for the London Marathon. Uh, so I wrote my, my beginning of the show, uh, you know, a little speech here ahead of time. Guys, what a crazy race between Bikaley and Kipchoge. That was insane. I can't wait to break it down with you guys. What, this is the best race I've ever seen of all time. Two heavyweights just going bad at one and one. Uh, what, a, what an epic day. So excited to talk Bikaley versus Kipchoge. Hey, those are well, some great notes there, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just kind of pre-writing that speech, just being, being prepared. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what? Instead of instead of messing around, instead of instead of kind of doing this pre-show stuff, Mike, let's kick off the running news. All right, guys. So we had the London Marathon this weekend. Obviously, a big deal. The first like really big race in quite some time, and Trent was kind of alluding to it. Really, we're supposed to have this incredible matchup. And days before the London Marathon, Bekele drops out. I mean, we got a lot to talk about here, boys. I mean, so I dropped a video on our Instagram the, the night that this went down. And so many thoughts, like so many emotions. You know, coming into this race, this was supposed to be the showdown of the year. Like this was supposed to be the saving grace for having all big city marathons canceled. It was supposed to be the saving grace for having the Olympics canceled. Like this was going to be this race, having the two greatest marathoners of all time show down against each other on a fast course around a loop course in London was going to salvage this year for racing, get us excited about something and kind of give us a treat on the racing calendar. And days before we get word, that this isn't happening. And, you know, a couple different thoughts here. Like I said in the video, it could have gone one of two ways. The first is that Bekele never intended on running this race. And the other is that he didn't feel up to racing and he just decided that he wasn't going to participate in the race because he wasn't 100%. Both are terrible. I think that if he wasn't feeling 100% and just decided to drop out, that's ridiculous because there's no other sport in the world where you can do that, where you just have the biggest, one of the biggest names of the sport drop out of the, one of the biggest event. But the more I think about it and the more I look into this, I think it's actually the, my, my first thought it's that Bekele never intended on running this race. He wasn't in shape. He wasn't ready to race and London just essentially used him 
as a way to market this race and get people excited about it. That's what I'm thinking about it. That's what I'm thinking about it. And, and, and like, I guess, I guess like, you know, props to the London marathon for kind of getting people exciting and getting people excited about this race and having a marketing story. But then, you know, I just, I kind of feel dirty. I kind of feel gypped. If, if London was in on this, if the race organizers knew Bekele, you know, really wasn't fully set on running, then no, no props to London. Don't let us down like that and give them, you know, a pat on the back for building up a story. Um, I'm not giving them a pat on the back. It was, it was more of just like, it's like, yes, it worked, but I'm, I'm very angry about it. Well, you know, who knows if that's even the case, but I do love the take, Steve. I love kind of just going down a little bit, a little bit deeper than the rest of the running media is out there and figuring out why Bekele did not run. He said, and I quote that he had a little, a little calf niggle, whatever the hell that is like making up words about his little calf. So he was saying it, it didn't sound like that big of a deal. So minor injury, which goes to your point, Steve, where if it was a minor injury, then you have no business not running this race. It's not like you're saving yourself for the next big marathon that's coming around the corner here in a couple months. I mean, what is the next big event on the calendar that he could be training for Olympics next year or whatever his qualifier is going to be, you know, in the spring. So I, I doubt he would have done anything to his calf that really seriously wouldn't have messed him up. Um, which makes me, you know, as much as we don't really have much other evidence, it makes me want to just, just hop on your, your point there, Steve. And I love the take. And I, uh, I want to I join that take. I want to say that Bekele didn't think he had a chance to beat Kipchoge. He was scared. He signed up for, for a little bit of marketing, signed up for a little money and some advertisements, but knew he didn't have a chance and never was going to run. I love it. I love that take. So was, was Bekele in London when he announced he wasn't going to run or did he not even was he a no-show he was in apparently he was in london so i i I just i don't get how you have like an injury leading up to a major marathon i i I don't know it's not like a you're a pitcher and you're like i'm gonna go out there and throw a bullpen and see how i feel like the day before i feel like you know if you're not ready to run this marathon or not i mean Either it's a serious injury and you can't run the marathon or it's, you know, a little niggle that you can run through. Like, I, I don't, I just don't understand. Bro, have you ever heard of foam rolling? Yeah, I know. Like, I just don't, I, I don't get how you get to this point where it's like, we find out two days before the marathon. I mean, you had to have known if it was something that's going to keep you out of like the biggest, and it's not like there's, Anything else on the calendar coming up anytime soon? It's not like there's been anything before that. You had to have known for a long time going into this. I just, it was shocking news to me. It came out of nowhere. You could have, <laughs> this is like one of the, a lot of things happened in this race that I didn't expect. This was definitely one of them. Shocking. You know I what mean, the problem was? Go ahead. What's that, Trent? Is there was no expo at the London Marathon because there was no people there, so there was no junk there science there for him is. to figure out that thing with his calf. I mean, but I so had a couple of people reach out to us and um, kind of did some digging. People that you know are, are are former teammates of teammates, people that have been around him, and the word is is that he was not in shape for this race, and he was not ready to race a fast marathon. And if that's the case, like, you know, I don't know, maybe going to London, saving face, maybe you get part of your appearance fee or whatever. Maybe even had a deal worked out with the London Marathon where if he played it up until the day, a couple days before, 
he was going to get part of that appearance fee. Who knows? But his excuse for not running was that he had that little pain or whatever that is in his calf because he did two weeks of hard training back to back. It just, it doesn't make any sense. He couldn't, he couldn't give a specific injury. He couldn't tell us, couldn't tell us why he just out of the blue a couple of days before dropped out. And it just, the more I think about it, the more I got my tinfoil hat on, the more I'm a conspiracy theorist about this because everybody in the running world, people outside of the running world, we're talking about this race. And I think that we would have been excited about it. We would have been pumped up for like a, for an elite field marathon, even if it wasn't Kipchoge versus Bekele. But there's no, they would have gotten nowhere close to the amount of hype that they got for this race if it wasn't these two facing off against each other. And that, that just goes to show how much it doesn't matter what percentage of his appearance fee he gets for going to London or whatever things he did. He got to have his name, you know, in the press here for the last like four or five months, all the buildup. We've been talking about Bekele during like a quarantine when sports were canceled. Bekele has been on top of our like show pretty much every week. Like everyone, even more than running fans, like just sports fans, uh, we're talking about Bekele. So I don't know how much he gets paid, what the specifics are of showing up in London or not. But he just like brought himself to the forefront of the sports conversation, uh, especially the running conversation, for months and months and months, um, regardless of you know whether he ran or not. And you actually kind of have me coming around on this whole thing now, right? So if if he drops out because he's scared to race, Kip, race Kipchoge, I'm out on it. If he's scared, if he drops out of the race because of a little minor injury, I'm out on it. I you know all these things I'm out on, but. If he just decided he wasn't going to train over the quarantine and like all of us just kind of like, you know, was watching Netflix and chilling (laughs) and like getting fat and then realizes, all right, I'm going to put my name in the ring with Kipchoge. I'm going to get my name out there. Everyone's going to be talking about me. And it kind of creates this narrative where it's like, you know, Kipchoge is the greatest marathoner of all time, you know, no doubt about it, no question. But by inserting his name into this race, all of a sudden people became like, oh, is this like the race to like determine who, you know, people were talking about him in the same vein as Kipchoge, which as when it comes to the marathon, I, you know, I don't know if you can make that argument, right? So if it was just like, I'm going to get my name out there, I don't really intend on training for this thing. I actually kind of think that's a little bit hilarious. It's scummy, right. it's not great, but it's a little bit hilarious. That is funny. That is funny. But then, you know, and I think a, another part of this is if, if for whatever reason, like anything can happen in the marathon, both these guys are getting on the, the back end of their career. They're both a little bit older. If we don't get the showdown between the two of them at the Olympics, we might have to start asking the question, like, are we ever going to get this showdown? And I think that unfortunately this, this matchup and I mean, if we get it at the Olympics, then we get it at the Olympics, and I think we will all be happy with that. But if we don't get the showdown, I think that if I were to make a comparison to what's happening here, I think this is like uh, you know Mayweather versus Pacquiao. How at the time, you know, both of them when they were in their prime were considered maybe re- like the greatest boxer of all time, but they just refused to fight each other until like the end of their career where they were both old decrepit and and nobody even wanted to watch them race. But I, I, I just, I'm, I'm really disappointed because like 
we had the op- we had what everybody wanted. We had the opportunity to get the showdown with both of them at the end of their prime, but within their racing prime still. And we it didn't happen. It's just oh man, it's such a bummer. Well, I hope these fellows are boxing fans because anyone that's a, any kind of a fan of boxing knows that that was such a disappointment. It didn't matter that they fought. I feel like no one even remembers that oh, fight pathetic. very well. Like, who, who cares who won that? It was, it was seven years too late. So, Steve, I can't believe you let us have Let's gone on go. this long. Well, we, had to get, we had to get the biggest topic believe. out of the way. But... I, thought we were, I thought that's how we were going to start the show. I thought you'd, like, it was going to come even before your introductions. <laughs> drop the clip mike drop the clip right here. all right the clip will go right here this is teed up for an upset i think that this is just a perfect situation for to come in somebody to come in and steal the show and if i were to pick somebody i'm gonna go with the youngest runner in the field i'm going with uh let's see shura kitata from ethiopia i think that this guy is the guy that's primed and ready to roll ready to make an upset out there. Let's see. So in 2019, he finished fourth in the, in the London marathon with a two Oh five in 2018. He finished second in the London marathon with a two Oh four. He also ran New York in 2018. He finished second with a two Oh six. He ran in 2019. He finished fifth with a two ten. So I think that this guy, he's super young. He's got some huge races under his belt in the past you know, two to three years, he's ready to roll. And I think that if somebody's going to upset the field, it's going to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, what what an unbelievable call. What an unbelievable call by me. And it was, you know, before Bekele dropped out. So we have two of the greatest marathoners of all time, if not the two greatest marathoners of all time in this showdown, and a slew of other big names. But me? I go, I do my research. I dug into this and I picked this guy out and I said, Shura Katata, you're my guy. You're going to win this race. And when I woke up early on, on Sunday morning to, to throw this race on, I poured my cup of coffee and I'm watching the race. I got a little nervous because a little bit later in the race, he was hanging on, just barely hanging on to the lead pack for like almost the whole second half of the race. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this pick is going to work out. I think it's looking like my guy's going to fall off. But about 10K to go, maybe a little less than 10K, I started realizing, I said, no, this guy isn't hanging on for dear life. He's hanging on to this back of this pack and doing the least amount he can possibly do to to be in the be in the mix as this race is finishing up. And sure enough, he just, he was, if you watch that race, he is the last guy in the lead pack for almost the entire race. And he almost to the point where he's a half step back from the lead pack the entire race. And he was just conserving his energy. He was making sure he was not getting involved in any tactics, any shuffling. He was going to run, you know, the, the, the straightest tangents, not get mixed up with anybody. And he was going to sit and kick on a marathon field. And sure enough, he did it. And it was awesome. I was going nuts. I woke my wife up. I was screaming, yelling. My dog was barking at me at, at six in the morning. It was great. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to tell. There's that fine line between somebody, you know, looking like they just can't hang, you know, they're, they're about to fall off any minute now. And that person that's just in total control, giving themselves an extra step or two, not going to get caught up and, and, you know, can't get any wind on me. Just going to, going to run my race, going to run my line. Um, and he did that. So, uh, 
yeah, Steve, congratulations. That, that was well, well played. I wish you could have put some real money on that. I know you would have know. if you had a line in front of you because a call like that would have made you a, a little bit of money. You could have parlayed that, you know, with your winner of the women's marathon, which I'm sure we're going to talk in depth about as well. Um, but yeah, just, just a crazy day. I mean, when you didn't have Bekele in there, um, my prediction was Kipchoge would have just run away with it. Uh, the guy has just been so dominant, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about him as well. Uh, but when you had that, just that pack, that had just like kept hanging in there all together, lap after lap after lap. Uh, it, it got to be quite the exciting race. And we got a new, uh, a new name to be following as a, a real contender for uh, the big races to come here. So, Steve, yes, I, obviously the congratulations is in order. You deserve it. You know, give you a little round of applause. I'm happy for you. Um, but I, I do got to say, I feel like it's kind of a bad look for what we're what we're doing here right we can't we can't be out here making smart running predictions that's not our brand right people are going to start turning away being like oh man i thought these guys you know were like me you know just the average joe runner and now all of a sudden they're getting to the nitty-gritty throwing at this random name making these bold predictions and having them come true like who 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 are these guys who do they think they are so i would say maybe pump the brakes for a little bit why, you know, take take it down a notch with your bull predictions and then throw another surpriser at us, you know, maybe in a few months. Mike, I'm not gonna lie, that that thought did cross my mind. So <laughs> in the last in the last 5K, when like I said, as I was watching this unfold and I was realizing what was happening and that this guy was kind of setting the race up for kind of a sit and kick finish i started pulling clips like i started going through the podcast you know pulling the clips to get that posted i started digging up my tweets where i called my shot on twitter um and so i was like getting ready so if and when this guy wins i'm gonna just kind of unload on social media and it did cross my mind i was like wait a second this is way off brand for what we're doing the fact that i'm that i know what i'm talking about in this situation does not match up with anything that we've done in the past so the thought did cross my mind no, I, I think it's, I actually think it's, it's funnier if we turn into it because we don't know what we're talking about. Right. And yeah, no, I think you did your research, but at the end of the day, right. It was a, it was a shot in the dark, but if we sit here and just pretend now, because you know, and, and let's make it clear, we're going to own this as a podcast. This is just, this is, that was a peak too early prediction and Great we're pick, just Mike. Yeah. We're, we're just going <laughs> to be like, us. I think we just need to act now. Like we are the complete experts, like the handicappers of, of, you know, marathoning and anytime anybody gives us crap, we can just point to this prediction and just being like, what are you talking about? Like we, we know what we're talking about. So just, I think completely turn into it and, you know, go the opposite direction <laughs> with it. <laughs> That's well, we any, do. anytime I, and I, anytime I win a bet, any, you know, gambling on sports, any sport, you know, it could be a sport. I know, I know. I know a ton about it. it could be a sport I know nothing about, but every time I win a bet, it's like, um, I could have lost like my previous six bets, but if I win that one bet, I'm just like, I'm a genius. I told you exactly what was going to happen in this game and it happened. And you're on a win streak at that point. doesn't yeah, matter if yeah, it's a yeah. one game streak. It's like, I haven't lost in who knows how long, baby. Yeah. So we're like now, 15 minutes into talking about London and we haven't even really like gotten to the point yet. I mean, Kipchoge lost Kipchoge lost something that has only ever happened once before that. And the only person who ever beaten before that was 
in world record effort. And I mean, this guy was the goat and he still is the goat, but look, what is, he didn't just lose. I mean, he got crushed. He finished in what, like eighth or something. I mean, and he's <laughs> dropping the line about ear blockage or something like that. I mean, how do, how do we feel about, about Kipchoge, Kipchoge getting beat the way he got beat and, you know, the, I guess, reason or his at least reason for getting beat. We talked about the, the niggle that Bekele had. I mean, that's a real injury compared to the ear blockage that Kipchoge had. I mean, I can't believe he brought that up and his like trainer or his coach brought it up as well. I mean, you're the greatest of all time and everybody, you know, is giving you that respect as the greatest, you know, carry yourself with little self-respect and don't start throwing out excuses that your ear was blocked, which is why you got, you know, uh, out kicked down the end. And I know, Mike, you said he got crushed, but he, he was like in the pack there. He was in the mix, you know, a uh, 90% through the race or so. Uh, and then he just didn't have it at that final, um, like last 5k. So he, he put himself like in position, which, which to me, you know, says he was, you know, healthy and, and doing just fine. And then to say an ear blockage took him down. I mean, the other guys in the field race great and, and it's a marathon, right? He's not supposed to win every time. I know he has, but, but he's not supposed to. He comes back down to earth a little bit. I just wish that, you know, he didn't throw out some BS crap about it afterwards. Any given Sunday, right? I mean, especially in the marathon, anything can happen in the marathon. You know, you could, you know, I mean, he still ran what a, a, a 206, 207 marathon. I mean, it's pretty respectable, I guess. But, um, you know, anything can happen in the marathon. But I'll, I'll, I'll be lying if I said, like, I wasn't thinking a little bit about the, the sub two hour race, uh, sub two hour time that he ran. And it's just like, you know, I was, I was thinking about it on Sunday morning as watching this race and realizing that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to come close to, to a world record. And it just kind of like, you know, we, I, we've always been on the side of like, that just doesn't count. And it's not what he did isn't, isn't a real event, but it just goes back to, it made me think that even more so that this is, this sport is about racing. It's about beating the guy next to you. It's not about times. It's not about having the lasers, ideal conditions, people to pace you and break the wind. It's about, it's about getting on the, it's about getting on the starting line and being faster than the person next to you. And, but I mean, to be fair, Steve, that's what has made Kipchoge so great is every time You're he right. gets on the line, he wins, right? I mean, that's, it's unprecedented how consistent he has been in the marathon and for any great marathon, even the greatest, you're, you're going to have a day. That's just not your day. I mean, it has to happen. And I think it only makes sense that it eventually happened for Kipchoge too. So I, I honestly don't, yeah, obviously it's a headline and a, a big thing in the running world that Kipchoge loses, as it should be. But I don't think it's <laughs> that big of a deal. I, I don't really. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't tarnish his reputation. None of that. But I just wish he didn't say anything about the ear blockage. Right? I feel like that changes things for me. If he had just said, "Hey, you know, today wasn't my day, and today I lost, and I, you know, I got beat," then that's one thing. But like, to, it just seems weird. He shouldn't have to justify, right? The Michael Jordan, you know, the the Tom Brady, all Tom Brady. they shouldn't they shouldn't have to justify their losses, right? Like they're so good, they've won so much, and if they get beat, they get beat, right? You, you don't need to come up with some ear blockage thing, and 
it, it, <laughs> ear blockage. Like it wasn't even like, oh, like yeah, I like pulled a calf muscle or hamstring. It's like your ear. What are you? What are you talking about? Like what? I, it just. It was weird. I just. I'm. I'm not saying I'm gonna look at Kipchoge any differently because I'm not going to. I still think he's the greatest. I just wish he could take that back. And I feel like maybe he wishes he could take that back. I don't know. I would like to think that. Um, here's, here's a question I'd like to pose. Do you think Michaela is feeling any regret about not being in that race now? Because if, it, if Michaela is in this race and he is the one to dethrone Kipchoge, I think we're having a different conversation here. We're not just talking about some kid who, you know, finally stepped up, made it happen, and he w- took advantage of Kipchoge's bad day. We're talking about, <coughs> we're talking about, Bekele is the one who finally dethrones Kipchoge, and now all of a sudden, maybe we are talking about Bekele in the light of like, all right, this guy is the guy. He's the greatest distance runner in the history of the world right and all he had to do was be there on that day and and have you know his race so if anybody's the biggest loser in the day it's Bekele like this this was your shot man like if this if you wanted the fame and fortune and recognition if Bekele is there on that day and runs well I think the narrative on Kipchoge Bekele that I was calling ridiculous earlier might have actually changed absolutely 100% because as of right now, Kipchoge is still the greatest, in, in, in my eyes, and I think most people's eyes, Kipchoge is still the greatest marathoner of all time. But say Bekele goes out there, and even though it's, it's, it's off-world record pace and, and Kipchoge didn't have a great day, if he gets across that line in first place, or even, I won't say in front of, I think he would have had to have won. He would have had to have won. But if he gets across that line in first place, no matter what the time is, I think we're having the discussion that Bekele is the greatest, not only marathoner of all time, but greatest runner of all time. And if Kachoga didn't have his best day out there, the story would have been written that like Bekele broke him, right? That pressure of having him go out there and beat Bekele in the head-to-head matchup, even if four other guys, five other guys, six other guys beat him, the, the way it would have been written, the way it would have been remembered was Bekele went out there and he broke him and he won and, and he came out and, and he showed the world that even at the age that he is, he can go out and compete and take Kipchoge uh, down a notch. So he has to be regretting that decision. Yeah, and like the way that we talk about like uh, Desi's win in Boston a few years ago, we don't talk about that. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a slow time and people had a bad day out there. We talked about how, how she used the elements to her advantage to find a way to win find a way to win on the tough day. And I think that's the way we'd be talking about Bekele if that happened. I agree completely. So speaking of, you know, goats, grace of all time, um, I, I feel like it's like common in sports now where anybody who is, you know, the best in their sport at that time, you automatically got to throw them into the goat conversation. Like everyone loves to throw, you know, the new, you know, the, the new superstar into could this be the greatest to ever do it type of discussion? We see it all the time. But Bridget Cause guy, I mean, it's it's not too early to start bringing her into these conversations. I mean, this she's she's a maniac. She's unbelievable. She <laughs> is already the greatest marathon of all time, and she's got so much work to do. She, I mean, her own world record 
is going to go down at some point. She is, she's unbelievable. She, she, there's nobody in the world that can even come close to her right now. It was such a wonderful contrast when watching the men, right? The Kipchoge and the Bekele and the disappointment where she comes out here, you know, in the weirdest like major marathon maybe of all time. Cause you're, you're coming off this, this series of canceled races. You're coming off. Everyone's training schedule has been disrupted. Uh, her travel has been disrupted. They're doing laps out there, right? It's not a normal marathon course. It's a bizarre marathon course. And, and what is the, the goat? What is the goat supposed to do? All that little stuff just doesn't bother them. We talk about all the time, showing up on race day, no matter what the, the variables are, no matter what the situation is, and just kicking ass, right? And that's exactly what she did. So it was just, you know, again, the, the contrast between her and, and the men, you know, goats, if you will, um, was just awesome to see her actually just not let anything get to her and, and put everybody, you know, just in her dust, you know, not even, not that was a blowout. That was a crush. So um, we're going to be talking about her for a long time. Bridget Koskai will be the greatest marathon marathoner we see in our lifetimes. She is unreal. She made 218 look easy. That entire last lap in London, she was like smiling. She was, she was making it look super easy. She was comfortable. She was re- relaxed. She was having a good time out there. And she, I mean, it, it wasn't looking like she was like pushing the pace or anything. She was just smiling, just jogging to a, a, a 218 marathon. And I, she just made it look easy. Like I, I was, I was stunned watching her race. Yeah. She, she's unbelievable. Um, so we had some, unreal performances on the american side for the woman sarah hall kicking down the home stretch to get second place i definitely did not see that coming now so i I will give myself a little bit of credit i know and i said it in the last episode it wasn't the boldest of predictions but i did call that sarah hall would be the top american woman and she was and she was also second in the the race overall and then Molly Seidel dropping a personal best. The American woman throwing down, showing up at that race. Uh, I mean, awesome performances. What do we think there? Sarah Hall's performance in the last 5K of that race was one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen in the sport. And I've, I've only been there. I've only been there. Like, I'm not, I haven't been in, in her situation at that level running those kind of times. But like, I feel like mentally and physically, I think I've been there twice, maybe three times in my running career. And you could see it in her face, right? She had this extreme pain in her face. She kind of had like the backwards lean. You could tell that she was, she was going through some stuff out there. She was going through some stuff physically, mentally, but she just kind of like let it loose. And she said, I'm ignoring this and I'm letting my body do what I know it can do. And she just, she just fought through adversity, picking off of picking off runner after runner after runner, coming down to a sprint finish to get second place. What an unbelievably inspirational race. Just awesome. There's something extra special about that like kick too at the end of the marathon compared to any other event. Cause as you said, Steve, they just, the pain in, in her and I, can't and Ruth right the girl that she she came down the finish line and got the pain in just both of their faces and the way their running stride has just tightened up right is you can't recreate that in in a 5k in a mile even in a 10k it's just on another level um so to push through that like she did 
and to get her body to literally, you know, they say what they people will say, you know, you think you're pushing your at all, you're only pushing yourself 70% or something. There's always that 20 or 30% more. It was like she had got to that final 30% there. She had just pushed herself to the outer limits. So yeah, totally agree, Steve. That was inspirational. Um, and just shout out to Mike for comparing his prediction with Steve's prediction. I know he tried to not be too, you know, confident about it, but I, and, and Mike, I should say shout out to all of us for predicting Sarah Hall. I did. I did say it was a team pick. I did say Sarah Hall was going to run 220. So as a a podcast, we made some great predictions on the woman's side as well. So I, part of me a little bit feels bad. I, I don't know if feels bad is the right way to put it, but Sarah Hall's situation where since the trials, she has just been completely locked in and is putting herself as like maybe up there with the top, you know, female marathoners in the country right now. And if you ran the trials again today, I mean, does she make that team? I mean, I don't know. She's on fire right now. She's completely locked in. Um, but speaking of somebody who, you know, is on the team, did perform the trials, Molly Seidel. So this is an interesting situation because I don't know much about her career before her last two races. But, you know, at the trials in Atlanta, obviously, that was a super hard course. And she crushed it. She makes the team, runs unbelievable. And then on a day where I know this course was supposed to be pretty fast, but the weather was crappy. And for the most part, times were slower than average right and she comes in and on a slow day in prs again so we really haven't seen molly seidel on like ideal conditions on a fast course yet right Mm -hmm. like we don't really know what she's capable of yet which is intriguing to me right what what is molly seidel when she can put it all together be on a faster course, have the weather in her favor. What What is she capable of running? I don't think we know that yet, so I am intrigued by that. Yeah, and, and you know, she was grinding at the trials because everybody was grinding at the trials. It was a tough course, but she's another person who comes across the finish line and she looks super relaxed, right? Like Sarah Hall, you know, put everything she had into every single step, but, you know, Molly Seidel comes across the line, she gives a little hang loose, she's like having fun with the camera, and it's like, it's like, she that was a pretty smooth, pretty easy sixth place finish for her. I mean, I won't say easy. I mean, I'm sure it's pretty tough, but you know, comparatively, comparing to the to the other runners, she looked pretty good after that race. So you're right, Mike. I think we gotta we gotta we're gonna see a long you know uh, career from from Molly and with a lot of great finishes. So I'm I'm excited to see how she does at the Olympics next year. We didn't we didn't need Molly to crush it after this. We knew how good and talented. Uh, and uh, determined on her she was from the trials but we still kind of needed this right like like none of us you know knew enough about molly she hadn't been doing it that long on a pro level and, and it's not like you can fluke your way into making the trials right like she she would prove she's one of the best marathoners in the country um but to come back in london like this and grab the pr was definitely like that stamp saying like you said steve she's she's not going anywhere so it wasn't wasn't like she caught magic right like as long as she stays healthy um you know, she, she's just going to be a, a top name for, for a while here, it looks like. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and that's something we talked about before, right? I had voiced my concern, like, 
is this a bad idea for Molly, right? Because if she has a bad day in London or, you know, maybe she's not all she's hyped up to be, could this be like bad mentally for her and, you know, going into an Olympic year? But yeah, no, I mean, she shut me right up and showed that she belongs here. She belongs on the big stage. And I think she's coming out of this feeling even better about the Olympics. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on the London Marathon? I do. I had a lot of fun watching this. I want to see, like we talked about in last episode, I want to see more loop marathons. I want to see more events where it's Jesse Lee Field. Like, I, I'm not saying I want to change, you know, what a marathon is and what the the big city marathons are or what the marathon majors are. Like, I want that, that like, that's always going to be my favorite type of marathon. But I want to see a couple of these a year. And whether that's the world championship, whether it's the Olympics, this was really fun to watch. And I want to watch, I want to watch more of these. Yeah. Let, let's have more of these. Let's just have them uh, maybe East coast time or even yeah. central time, yeah. maybe even Pacific time I can do, but uh, let's, let's get it over here on uh, the soil. Yeah. I, I love the elite only field and I like the loops too, Steve. I just 2k loops is too short for me. I, you need to, you need longer than that. And I get why they did it for you know all the COVID reasons and stuff like that. I don't know. I man. think 2k loops is a little too short for me. I like it because like, I like the splits. Like I like the, like a lot of split. I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that. You know, I, I, it, it kind of felt, I, it, 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 like you said, we talked about it on last week's episode. It almost felt like a little NASCAR like, and it, it was kind of cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, anything else? Imagine, imagine like when fans are allowed, imagine how much fun it would be to go to that. In, the, in yeah, which case, for, the shorter the loops are better. Like if, if we're going to be there spectating, I want to see the runners come <clears> by as often as possible. Yeah, no, I agree. For, for spectating purposes, that would be awesome. All right. I think uh, that wraps up our London Marathon recap. Good job, boys. That's pretty good. Well, on everybody. We, we got to stop... Uh, crushing predictions and having all these in-depth recaps people are gonna think that we're a real running podcast <laughs> if they want the good stuff they listen to the <laughs> podcast official picks if they want the old school just you know name shit out of our ass they can listen to mike and i uh, especially yeah, mine <laughs> yeah for sure um all right well uh that's all i got for the news boys all right let's get into our interview with alfie from Traxta. Trackstar, we stumbled upon it. It's a as it's an Instagram podcast, YouTube page in in the UK, um, and they're trying to do a lot of the same stuff that we're trying to do over here in the US. So we figured we'd get on the podcast and kind of chat with them a little bit about it. Hear kind of his perspective on a lot of stuff. They went to the Diamond League meet in Monaco, and we had a lot of questions for him about it because we we talked about it on this podcast. It said it looked like an awesome race, and uh, they kind of gave us some firsthand feedback on it. So. Let's talk to him, and then after the interview, we're going to get into what we're doing for our November virtual race. It's going to be a team virtual race, so stick around for that. What's up? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Dude. Just, just trying to deal with time zones. Time zones are our biggest nemesis on this podcast. It's a nightmare. It's funny, actually. Every single content creator, so either a podcast or YouTuber, 
we've messed up the time zone 100%. 100% of the time we've done it. Yeah, so, I feel better. Um, we, we've gotten pretty good in the US of just like being like, okay, this person's in this time zone. We got to be on it this time. But every time we do something international, it completely screws up. Like last year, we were doing a lot of interviews in, in Doha. Um, mm. like early morning, we get up at like four thirty-five, and, and like, it was like a 50% chance that we were going to screw up the time <laughs> zone or the, or the person we were interviewing was just going to forget about it. So we're, we're, we're used to using, it at this point. I've started using the new iPhone widget. Do you know how the, the new iOS 14 update where you can have different clocks on your home screen? So I, I like, we, we did a podcast with Ramsden yesterday and he's in Doha. So I did Doha to that. So I could easily see it because I'm a nightmare of time zones and Google doesn't help either. Yeah. It just seems alive. I, so I gotta, I gotta get that update. I don't have but, uh, that update yet. I gotta do that. That's Steve, awesome. I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've done pretty well since like COVID hit. Cause like you and I travel a lot for work Yeah, and we haven't been traveling. So sometimes like the three of us, we on three different time zones and then the athlete, of course. So I'm, I'm scared when it comes back. Cause it hasn't been so bad in the last few months. But yeah. Once you start traveling again, it's going to be a mess. That gets super messy when, when you're traveling to a new time zone and you're booking things based on the time zone you were just in, but you got to keep in mind yeah. the time zone. It's just crazy. So anyways, uh, it's been long enough. So Alfie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of a little bit about Trackstar and Trackstar. Is that how, is that how you pronounce it? Trackstar? However you want to pronounce it. It's, okay. it's Trackstar. With, <laughs> Trackstar. I actually wanted originally, I wanted the 1A, but someone already had it. So I just put two A's at the end gotcha. and then it sort of stayed from that i like yeah, it It kind so, of stands out a little bit tell, so tell us a little bit about you and, and kind of what you guys are doing so obviously i would normally have a co-host with me who's rory leonard as well he's part of this he's incapacitated at university for eight hours today so it's just me uh, he's started college university uh, last week so now he's having to go into lectures every day but yeah basically i'm alfie uh, obviously co-owner of trackster um started it like August time last year and I really got into it in like January. I'm a runner, um, run 5k and 3k. I'm 20 years old from the UK, which is actually people sh- are shocked the most by that. Everyone thinks we're an American account because I think we're biased towards the Americans. Uh, we don't mean to be, but it just seems to be more content out there. So yeah, from the UK, uh, from a really hilly place called Sheffield in the UK. But yeah, that's about it really. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the, one of the reasons we kind of, we, we started following the account and started following what you guys are doing is because it seemed like what you're doing is pretty similar. It's similar in some ways to what we're doing where, um, you know, you're trying to cover the sport in a different way and you're trying to, trying to make it fun. Um, and for us, I think like when we started what, doing what we're doing is we're, we're three former college runners and uh, we weren't really following the sport. Like we follow other sports and we're like, why? And I think the reason was, is this, there was no outlets that we would want to follow. So we decided, Hey, let's do this. Let's, let's start covering the sport in a way that we would be interested in following it or, 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 or media outlet and following a media outlet, following the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't you start as a, like a, a podcast to cover like the NCAA and like cross country or something. Is that what I heard on a recent podcast? So yeah. So that originally, that was the first idea because we were, I mean, if we were to pick like our favorite part of the sport, it would definitely be cross country. I think the the three of us, me, Trent, Mike's not on right now, but we're like, we, we consider ourselves cross country guys. So we're like, okay, if we, if we're going to latch onto one spot, one part of the sport 
and kind of go all out and covering that part of the sport. It was going to be cross country. And I still think, you know, deep down that's, we're going to always lean towards cross country, but we kind of expanded our horizons a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, not many people noticed, but the original name of Trackster was actually an Ingebrigtsen fan page, but we don't need to get into that. Um, but that's how I started Trackster for about a week. It was just Ingebrigtsen, Ingebrigtsen, Ingebrigtsen. Um, but I found it a lot nicer to branch out into other things over time though. Wait, I think we should get into that. We got to get into that. Like we got to dive into that. Stuff. Give, us, give us kind of the, the real impetus then for starting the Ingebrigtsen track page and then what, what really triggered you to kind of expand your horizons there. Well, I think obviously Jakob Ingebrigtsen um, deserves so many fan clubs because he's just an amazing guy. Obviously, ridiculous runner. And I was just obsessed with him, especially after last season. And he actually, my favorite race of all time, or one of them, is his Peyton Jordan win. Uh, when he took down Chalimo and Centuritz. So that's sort of where my love for Jakob was. Um, and I thought, if I'm in the UK, I should make like a Ingebrigtsen fan page, but then stick it to relate to the UK. So the actual name, which is awful, and I'd never do this now, by the way, so no one judge me, it was Team Ingebrigtsen. And it was going to be like a a British Ingebrigtsen fan page or something. And it was just, I'd, yeah. I I don't even know what I was thinking at the time. I'd never go back and do it now. Um, and there is actually Ingebrigtsen some fan pages as well, which I do follow. So yeah, I'm not you, some sort of crazed fan, but I'm a pretty big fan of Jacob. <laughs> you never know like what's going to happen, right? Just even getting that started somehow ended up into what, what tracks it came, um, became today. But just to stay on Ingebrigtsen for one second, one thing that we haven't really got into is the reality show. Is that something that you're like a big fan? Are you blogging about that? I, I watched the reality show religiously. I've probably watched it like two, three times all the way through. It's a nightmare because it's hard to find a YouTube video what doesn't get t- taken down after a week and what has copyright, um, not as um, subtitles at the bottom as well because I've watched them in Norwegian before, but the subtitles definitely help. Yeah. So I feel like I'm half fluent in Norwegian by the time I'm... We can make some good content, Steve, of just doing like a, a review of a couple yeah. of like Brits and <laughs> I gotta try to shows. I gotta try to find some of those episodes. And I and, and I don't think people in the United States realize like how you know how big of a deal the Inger Britsons are, especially in 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 uh in Norway and, and throughout Europe. But they are if you were to compare them to anything in the United States, they'd be like the Kardashians in the United States, where everybody's kind of obsessed with this family and they just happen to be unbelievable runners. And I mean, yeah. Jacob is, is he's on pace to be one of the greatest, if not, you know, the greatest miler of all time or 1500 meter of all time. I think that's crazy to say that a Norwegian out of like all the Africans, like the Ethiopians and Kenyans, you've got a Norwegian kid who's like ranked eight full time on the all time list. It's just, yeah. it's crazy. But and he's 19, right? He's 19 years old. Just turned 20. Just turned 20. Uh, two days ago. So it's not as bad now. He's no longer a teenager. So it yeah. makes me feel a bit better about being a couple of minutes slower than him. Being a super <laughs> fan too. I think like it's always nicer, you know, when you're not a super fan of like someone that's 15. Yeah. But so, and, and I, and I think I, I was listening to your, uh, your, your episode um, after Monaco and we'll get into, I want to, I want to get into that a little bit. Um, but we, we kind of talked about Jakob a little bit and I think that we have, we have slightly different perspective on him and I want to get your take. Our perspective is like, okay, you got this 19 year old superstar that like 
you know, is on, he's, he's, he's a superstar. He's well-known throughout Europe and in the world. Now um, he's a reality TV star. He's a, he's a superstar athlete. Something's got to go wrong eventually. But I was listening to your podcast and it's like, this guy, all he cares about is, is being good at running, eat, sleep and breathe running, you know, after he ran, after he ran that unbelievable, um, 1500 meter in Monaco, where he almost won, you said you saw him out doing a, a tempo after the race on the, on the track. Um, so what's, so what's your take on it? Is, is there, it, does he have a little bit of a wild side or is this guy just one track mind on the sport? Well, he, he loves playing Fortnite, so that might be his downside. He might be a little gamer boy at heart. Um, I don't know. I f- honestly think he's just too obsessed with the sport. Like, it was his birthday two days ago, and he did the 1,500-meter final in the Norwegian champs, ran 30, um, 3.33. Then 20 minutes later, won the 800-meter heats, and the next day came back and won the 800 final, all on his birthday. It's like, on my birthday, I want to be, like, eating cake and you know, just chilling out. So I think he's, I don't think he, I heard you say he's going to have like a Justin Bieber phase or (laughs) something like that. Whereas I think he's literally just going to be some superhuman for the whole of his career. And everyone's just going to be absolutely in awe of everything he does because I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens because with the reality TV show, I feel like it'd get juicy if he has some sort of controversy, but I think he's just a robot to be honest. So yeah, I'm going to say no controversy. That's going to be boring runner. Is he, um, is that just his girlfriend or is he married? It seems like he's married, but yeah, it's just his girlfriend. Okay. All right. Cause yeah. I was going to say like, I mean, it's like every time I look at it at his Instagram, it seems like he's married. I just want to make sure that at 20, this guy isn't, isn't married. Cause I feel yeah. like, you know, international superstar, that might be a little bit of a mistake. Yeah. All there's like, 10 kids in that family and he obviously his two brothers are married as well so i wouldn't i wouldn't discount it maybe by the end of the year maybe <laughs> next year after tokyo you never know oh man so hey tell us a little bit about monaco i mean i originally reached out to you guys because you guys had that yeah. the, the the vlog the video after uh you know the the monaco diamond league and i mean that was an awesome event in the sense where you know it was in it was in early august and um you know, the world was pretty much shut down. And it was kind of the first time we saw a sporting event where they had fans in the stands. I mean, it, it, it was, it was limited, um, but there were people in the stands and um, I mean, it was unbelievable track. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better first diamond league back, but what was that event like? It was a bit surreal to be honest, because coming from the UK, everything shut down like everywhere at the time you couldn't go anywhere. And then in Monaco, and we stayed in Nice, which is a 20-minute train from Monaco. And it was like everything was normal. Like, it was a really strange feeling. And then in Monaco, it was a bit stricter. But obviously, we were messaging athletes, asking to like meet up and record stuff with some different athletes. And then we got told we couldn't record anything with athletes or else we'd like get done for copyright and, like, and everything like that. So we were like, we had to cancel everything. And we just ended up having a holiday and got to watch a race. But in the actual stadium... We were queuing up because um, it was like long queues and people like telling you you have to stay two meters apart. And there's just athletes walking past the warm-up zone all the time. And it seems like quite strange that in any other sport, you wouldn't just have like LeBron James, for example, just walking past a bunch of fans going into the warm-up zone when like no one was around them, no security. Like Carson Wilhelm was just walking and everyone started screaming. So that was a bit crazy. 
And then we got into the stadium and I can just remember thinking like, it's just such a strange experience because we're supposed to be at a diamond league and the stadium, it seemed like no one bothered to go. But obviously because of the restrictions, they could only have a certain amount of fans. So that was weird because it seemed like no one just cared about the diamond league, which might be the case. You never know. I know athletics isn't the most desirable sport in the world. So we were just there. You could basically sit wherever you wanted. So we went to the front where the athletes were and we were like stood basically, we kind of stalked Son of Embrasure a bit. So we DM'd him and said, we're going to come over. We went over to him and then we were next to all the athletes. And obviously, sorry, I'm getting lost on a tangent here. No, go <laughs> for it. Basically, it was just a wild experience. We were next to all the athletes and I think it was Jakob's race where we realized that everyone in the stadium didn't really seem to care about athletics that much. <laughs> like it seemed like they were just doing something because it was the first thing they could do. Cause Jakob ran 328 and we were the only ones who reacted. Yeah. And it was just, it was just strange. Like we were like going mental and everyone else was just sort of sat there. Like what happened? Cause he came second, obviously. So that was crazy. And then. So what it, it... Would they have allowed more people in if if more people came, or was was that was the was the stadium at pretty much capacity? Were they not letting any more people in? So when we were booked the tickets, we got told um, it was five thousand capacity, mm-hmm. but there definitely wasn't five thousand people there as well. Yeah. So it, it was strange because I, I thought it would have sold out, and it seemed like when you actually ex- ex- exited the stadium, it was ra- it was packed everywhere. Mm-hmm in the stadium I'm not sure if it's so big it seemed completely empty so it was quite weird um, obviously we checked the guys world record that was the only time the atmosphere was kind of a bit crazy because yeah. obviously but and so and, see... and people for the most part people knew what was going down with Chapter Guy yeah I think the lights helped quite a lot Yeah, the, the little world record lights because you could just see him in front of them pretty much all the way yeah. so that was and he looked, he looked so easy. Like I've seen it on TV, obviously, as well. And we don't have to talk about how rubbish the, the um, TV coverage so of it was. Terrible. It's one of our so favorite terrible. topics. <laughs> it's, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. But it was the same in the stadium as well. You, could, you couldn't see, like on the screen, there was just him. There was no, you couldn't see where he was really? when he finished and everything. But in person, he looked like he was jogging, which yeah. was the scariest thing about it because... No way anyone can jog a twelve thirty-five. He's he's, he's going to get the ten k world record. Didn't oh, he's really hundred percent. He walk in the park for him. At what point in the race did it feel like the the stadium really realized it, and the crowd kind of like realized that something you know insane was going to happen, and like a monumental moment was about to occur before the race? I think a few people realized like after like two k, just the way he was rolling. Um, but it wasn't really until like three laps to go, like a mile to go, when everyone was like, he's, he's going to do this. Because he, lo- he looked like he was just cruising. And I think everyone realized and it was just cheering him on. But it was a shame because in the last event of the night, there was steeplechase where the, there was a spotlight on the steeple, steeple guys. Um, so the stadium went dark and the spotlight followed them. Whereas I feel like if they used that for Chapter Guys race, it would have just added like a lot more to the event. That would have been awesome. Yeah, everybody knew he was going for it, right? You would have yeah. thought they'd have the, the time and preparation to, to do the special events for something like that. 
but yeah, I sort of disagreed with the spotlight thing because it stayed on the front group. So if anyone got dropped, they'd be trying to hurdle in pretty much pitch black. Yeah. So it was a weird, weird scenario. Incentive to, to run so you can see. So you just got to keep up so you can get in the spotlight so you know what you're jumping over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a fast race though. So if I was in that race, I'd have been pretty annoyed because El Bacali was in it. Yeah. So you knew it was going to be like around an eight minute mark. So if anyone's trying to keep up to that, basically to avoid breaking any legs, it's yeah. not a... It's not a fun time out there. What um what was the stadium like? Because I mean, on TV, that stadium looks awesome. Like I mean, we talked about it on our podcast where it's like we're putting that on our bucket list of place where we need to yeah. go to watch a track meet. How is it? I mean, is it just what what's your take on it? Yeah, it's 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 as crazy as it looks like on telly and everything. It's yeah. it's I think it's like an iconic stadium just because of the history of like the Monaco Diamond League. But there was one thing I was a bit disappointed about. It was an amazing stadium, don't get me wrong. But the um, there was like a, I'm guessing it's for the football. There's a um, barrier to a, to a stop the away fans and home fans from connecting. Really? There's this massive barrier where we sat. And so you couldn't see to the left. So yeah. we had to move or else we wouldn't be able to see the finish. So that sort of killed the atmosphere a bit because it was literally just a massive barrier. But other than that... Um, yeah, it's, it, it was amazing. U.S. Obviously, fans? Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. No, I was going to um, say the, the U.S. fans like can, can be intense at sports, but the fact they need a barrier in a stadium awesome. to separate fans is just insane. Yeah, we're all scumbags in the U.K. This is just yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. We'd have a fire at every event, so that's why. Too much <laughs> is that a normal thing? Is that a normal thing that you need a barrier to, to, to separate the two, uh, two fans, two separate sides yeah, of yeah, the yeah. stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the UK, we have so many police and um, we have like hooligans. So it's like um, each club pretty much has a um, basically like a hooligan firm, which basically they just go to every event fighting people. That's like, oh, and it's like an official club. Have you ever considered so, joining your local club's hooligans? Considering I'm a long distance runner, I don't think that would go down very well with uh, fighting all <laughs> all nine and a half stone of me um probably wouldn't be able to take a few hits so no i haven't who who's your who's your football club so i support tottenham okay tottenham hotspur which um everyone will hate me for that because i'm not i'm not from tottenham so yeah everyone's say you need to support your local team but yeah i've always supported tottenham so yeah tottenham very cool so what's um what what's next for Trackster? Are you guys planning on any more events or what 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 should people look out for? So we're gonna we're focusing a lot on YouTube at the minute. So we want to have the like, athletes come in and do like the GQ kind of style videos where it's like seven things you can't live without or like answering ten questions. Just try and keep it a bit more lighthearted than like the typical sort of you know like corporate. It, I don't know. Everything seems to be so shielded behind things especially in running. So we want to make sure it's like people actually being the true selves on like YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah. And we're going to try and sell some merch as well. Eventually. Very cool, man. But what about okay, you? Everybody what? go, go follow them on their great follow on Instagram. Go check out their YouTube. They got some really cool stuff. Like you said, you know, it's just a, a another, um, you know, another media outlet or kind of growing media outlet that's similar to us trying to, trying to grow the sport and have fun with it. So thank you so much for coming on and, uh, yeah, sorry about the the time zone snafu. We'll, we're, right. gonna, we're, we're, we're better for it now. Yeah, gives us more time to have another podcast as well. So that's absolutely fine with me. Yes. Okay. Cool,
All right, so that interview with Alfie is brought to you by the Harrier. So the Harrier is a pretty awesome, you know, graphic tee running line. They hooked us up with some sweet shirts. We got, you know, they got their Galen Rupp uh, mask shirts. They got our Boston boy shirts. Uh, amazing stuff that they got going on there. Uh, and if you go now, on October 14th, they're dropping a brand new line. You got to get there. Use the promo code P2E. You get 10% off. I am pumped to see what they have. I already got two of their shirts, and I'm going to be there waiting on October 14th for midnight to hit, see what the new stuff is. I'm going to be using my 10% off to get some new stuff. So get yourself there. Now check out their Instagram page at The Harrier. All right, boys. So the people have been asking, and we're going to give it to them. We're going to give them the fall version of our virtual race. So we've talked about this. You know, if we can't race in person, we, we're going to race online together. And we had a lot of fun with the two-miler. So we wanted to do something, we, but we want to keep it different. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to combine a couple elements. We wanted to put our P2E flair on it, but we wanted to kind of capture a little bit about cross-country and team racing because – that's the thing that we're missing the most right now. You know, we're big SEC cross country fans right now because they're the only ones that are actually racing. So we put together this idea to, to do some team racing. I mean, it's, it's right. It's no secret that uh, my training has been going well. I'm having a hard time self-motivating myself, getting myself out there for just me. So yeah, I need that team environment back, Steve. I need to get back in the game. I need to have somebody else to run for. Boys, I gotta be honest. Like, I know we talked about we would we would create a team as the peak to early you know podcast team. Um, I'm a little nervous to be teamed up with you fellows out there. I mean, you sh- you just, should be. You should be. You very definitely nervous. should be. Like I'm not in killer shape right now, but I, I'm trying to go for runs. You know, I'm at that point where if I run, you know, more times than not that week. So if I get to that four, that's that's like pretty good, and I'm slowly bringing myself around. But this is going to be interesting. So we're going to have uh, we're going to have a tough go at it if we if we're really going to put ourselves out here against some of our listeners. I Trent, I got a I got an X-ray yesterday on my oh, foot. So so that's 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 the type of person you're teaming up with right now. But anyways, what we're doing is so you're going to have you're going to so there's going to be teams of three, and it's going to be a four week series throughout November. We'll get you the specific details probably next week. We'll get it all to you soon. But the way it's going to work is we're gonna we're gonna essentially list out all the distances from from uh one mile all the way up to half marathon and on monday morning we're gonna do a random drawing to see the distance that we're running that week so you could get a mile you could get a half marathon and so when when that when that distance is picked you have to pick the person on your team that's going to race that distance and submit that time. And so once that person races, they can't race for the next, the next two weeks and that distance can't be picked ever again. And so you go through the two weeks, we pick the distance, you pick the athlete, you pick the runner that's going to race that distance, submit your time. And on week four, we're going to have a random jarring for the last distance and all three teammates are going to race that distance and your combined time is going to be your time for that week. So it's going to be a four part series, one person for each of the first three races and then all three of you together on the last week. What do you think? 
we are bringing cross country to the virtual racing. I love it. Uh, like I said, I don't love relying on my teammates, but I do love the idea of us having or, or everyone out there having to rely on your teammates to run some. I also am a big survival football or elimination. Some people yeah. call it, it kind of feels like that, right? Once you use a runner, you can't use them again. They get to start resting up, you know, until that, that last, uh, that last race there. So there's going to be a lot of strategy that goes into it as well. Uh, this is this is gonna be fun. Um, I'm gonna hope you guys start getting your training on, uh, but we're gonna have fun with this. I am terrified of getting stuck with this half marathon distance. <laughs> if I get stuck with that half marathon distance, I mean, we might not be finishing the race, gentlemen. I don't. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Are we gonna so, rig this? Um, are we, gonna, are we gonna rig the the pick no, the events? No, we're gonna we're gonna draw the distances live. But you know what? The more I think about it, I'm gonna make the executive decision right now. The fourth week isn't going to be random. The fourth week is going to be a standard cross-country distance. So for the men, it's going to be an 8K. For the women, it's going to be a 5K. What do you think about that? Just to kind of, just to kind of, just to kind of tap into a little bit more of the cross-country feel. So you know, this is centered around cross-country. Crazy things could happen. You could get a mile. You could get a half marathon. But this is centered around the cross-country feel. So will those distances be eliminated from the first three weeks, or are they still eligible for the first three weeks? The 5K and 8K. Ooh, good question. I think they should still be eligible. Yeah, they're, they're still eligible. They have to be. They have to yeah, be. you, can't, you can't not have those distances. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and how about the course, Steve? What are, we, what are we thinking for? Are we encouraging people to get out there on some dirt trails to get a little cross-country feel? Or, or is it okay if people kind of you know, get, their, get their flat road mapped out? I think we have to be okay with the flat road. You know, I think we're going to go with similar rules for the, for the two mile where it can't be net downhill, but you know, if you get, if you get stuck with a 10 K or you get stuck with a half marathon, what are you going to do? You got to run on the roads. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's, you, there's only so much, so many trails, so many cross country courses out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think we're doing the best uh, recreation of a cross country meet out there and, and I'm sure we've had some other ideas out there to, to get on a cross-country course, but we'll be saving those um, for a little bit later on. So would, would we consider a distance under a mile, maybe like a half-mile distance? I don't think so. I think, I, I think we got to keep this. we got to keep this a mile and above. You I have to, shoot, to, right? I had, had to shoot my shot, you know? <laughs> and, and so the other thing is we're, we're looking into – you know, we're trying to, we're trying to nail down exactly what we're going to do for kind of like swag for this race. So I'm, I'm, I'm meeting with somebody tomorrow. We're going to look at some hats. We might do koozie, but no matter what, we're going to try to keep costs really low for this race. Like, you know, if there's a sign up, it, you know, what we're, whatever we do to sign up, it's just covering costs. We're not like, not really trying to make money off of this race where, you know, we want to get you guys some cool stuff to kind of represent P2E and, and kind of remember the, uh, you know, the, the team virtual race, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get back to you next week with what we're thinking for that. There's going to be a oh, fun one. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, we're talking about how washed up we are. If you beat us, if you, you know, it's, it's combined scoring across the four weeks. If you beat us, you get an additional prize and, you know, spoiler alert, it's not going to be very hard to beat us. Yeah, it, it sounds like all you need to do is really sign up and participate, yeah. and you get this additional prize. There should be an award for losing to us, but like actually trying, right? It's it's like when I think Molly did it. Uh, Molly Seidel, they they tried to record the slowest mile 
you know, and it took yeah. a half hour. <laughs> so if you can actually run and lose to us, then good for you. Yeah, that would be shocking. Yeah. So more details to come, but I, we did want to, because we're kind of, you know, we're in the thick of cross country or what would be cross country season and the fall is going to be gone before we know it. So we got to act quickly. So we wanted to get the word out. Um, stay tuned for that. It's going to be awesome. Way more information to follow. But guys, anything else? All right, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? So listen, I know there's a lot of people out there going through hard times and struggling through things. The battle that I just put on throughout this podcast, gentlemen, is unprecedented. I mean, I'm fighting through this insane cough. You guys are probably hearing me. You're probably hearing me struggle through it. There's been a couple words that haven't really come out right because I'm trying to hold back a cough. And don't worry, it's not it's not the big C, it's not the Rona, it's not the cocoa, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're clean there. I just got this lingering, you know, normal fall cough that I just can't, I just can't, I can't beat right now. But I mean, that was like a flu game, Michael Jordan type performance. It was like if, like, say Kipchoge had a uh, ear blockage ran through it and won or Bekele had a little calf tightness and ran through it and won. That's what I just did with this podcast. Put my cough as- <laughs> right there, put my cough aside and I uh, battled through and I'm going to stop talking before it catches up with me. Let's go. It's a Michael flu game. Yeah. Trent, what do you got for people on the bell app? We had, we had a lot to talk about with the London Marathon, so we didn't get to do our, our weekly SEC breakdown, but uh, just got a shout out to my Florida Gators. I mean, it, the season's still coming together here. The men had a fourth-place finish. The, the women had a seventh-place finish. But it was a pretty stacked deal there at the FSU Invitational. So I just want them to know uh, that I'm still following them closely. I'm still cheering for them. The women have a, a, a lady, Vasilia Spiru. She's got a great name. She's from Greece. She's only a freshman, and she's dropping top 10 performances. So I'm excited to see her come out and continue uh, to run well and perform well at the SEC Championships. Uh, to win me a little bit of money with the boys. So uh, shout out Florida Gators. All right. So for my bell app, you know, I've been, I've been getting on this, this, uh, this bell app section of the podcast regularly and like begging people, please give us reviews, give us five-star ratings on iTunes. It's really important to us growing. And, you know, we have a decent amount on there, but I see the listeners number. I see the listener numbers. And the amount of listeners versus the amount of ratings we have, it doesn't match up. So I got to do something crazy, right? And so today we're recording on October 9th. My, my birthday is exactly a month away on November 9th. So what I'm going to do is I'm, you know, getting a little bit older, maybe having a third life crisis, whatever. But I need to do something crazy for the people to boost these ratings. So if we hit 250 reviews by my birthday, I'm going to get a peak too early tattoo. And the tattoo is going to be voted on by Mike and Trent for the best review. So put something in the review, something that you want me to get tattooed on my body. And Mike and Trent will comb through all the reviews. They'll pick the best ones, right? And if we, t- if we hit 250 reviews by my birthday, I will get that tattoo on my body forever. What do you guys think I, of that? I, yeah, hold on. I need, I need to say something real quick. That's incredible. That needs to happen, and we need to get people rocking and rolling. So let me have a little advice to, to people so that we can really get on this. If you have already left a review, 
and you leave another review, it just edits your first review. But there's ways around that. Create a different account. Review from there. Get friends, family, people who listen to the podcast, don't listen to the podcast. Did you guys just hear what Steve just said? I didn't know that that was coming. (laughs) I'm going to be working on burner iTunes accounts for the rest of the night to get these reviews up, and I expect all of you to do the same. Steve, does your wife know about this? Do no, your she doesn't. Parents know about this. I mean, this is breaking news. It it might right. Like on your i on your iTunes account, if you have an iPhone, you can only leave one review. But you know, Mike, how many people today through the course of your life did you come in contact with that own an iPhone? Probably, probably close to like a hundred, maybe even more. You know how easy it would be to ask that person to take their phone, give us a review on their on their iTunes. Just everybody you know in your life with an, with an iPhone, give us a review. And if if we hit 250 by my birthday, I will pick one of the reviews and that will be tattooed on my body. Let's go. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Joes. Joe in Monaco, um, me and Rory took our girlfriends. Um, well, actually, his, it's not his girlfriend anymore because it didn't work out. So they ruined it, basically. Craig Engels sent us a DM and said we could have gone on the yacht with them if because there's two oh. spaces and we had our girlfriends. So we could have been on the yacht with Craig, Brazier, Shannon Robery, Jessica Hall, and our girlfriends ruined it for us. So, so never mean, take your girlfriend to the track meet, it sounds like. No. I mean, I would have... I, I would have said, see you later, ladies. We got to go. We got to go on this yacht. I mean, how did you pass that up? I think I was in the bad books already, so I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. Oh, so, man. I mean, we, so, and that, we talked about that. I don't think we talked about it in the, in the, the, the Monaco episode. We may have talked about it the, the next episode, but those, the videos of them hanging out on the yacht looked unbelievable. I mean, they were just, yeah. they were just partying, having a good time. Everybody was making fun of like Craig doing stupid stuff in the water the whole week. I mean, oh, I mean, I mean, Trent, Trent, I mean, what, what would you have done in that situation? Well, I'm thinking, especially where Rory is right now, Rory is not currently seeing the person that he brought to Monaco and the regret he, I mean, Alfie, you sound like you're in a good relationship and maybe in the long term would be worth it. You know, you had to see about a girl, right? Goodwill hunting, right? He missed out on the girl to watch the game, but Rory, on the other hand, man, I don't know how he sleeps at night. Yeah, he also paid for that Monaco trip for that girl as well. So I think he got reimbursed some money, to be fair, after it all happened. But yeah. So we, how, how, how old are you guys? You, you said you're uh, 20? Yeah, I'm 20. Rory's 19. Everyone 19? thinks I'm 16, okay. though. So, right. so, so here, here's what you do in the future, right? You, you, as soon as you get that text or that DM from Craig or whatever, you look up like the nicest spa in the area and you go on and you book a spa day for your girlfriend and, and, and Rory's girlfriend. And you wake up that, that morning and say, Hey, listen, ladies, 
you know, and you don't even mention the yacht. You don't even mention, you say, say, we did something for you, for you girls, because you came out to Monaco with us. You put up with all this track stuff. We're just going to do something nice for you girls. And you, and you say, you drop them off at the spa and you say, you know what, have a nice spa day, you know, take, take care of yourself, have a good day. And then you go sneak off to the yacht and be like, and just make it all about this. Hey, yeah, we got, as soon as we, we dropped you off at the spa, we got this invite to go hang out with the pros on the yacht and we couldn't pass it up. That's how, you, that's how you work. It was a work it. thing you had to do. That is yeah. very smart, but I'm, I'm partial to the spa as well though. So I'd probably, I'd be over, over that yacht. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. But <laughs> I do love a good spa day. So you never know. Maybe. Uh, if Craig was giving me a massage, then maybe it would have been the killer. <laughs> well, I mean, I think my wife's listening to this. You know, Trent, your girlfriend might be listening to this, but I'm just going to let them know that if the pros invite me on a yacht in, in Monaco, then we're going. Sorry, yeah. Ladies. yeah. If anyone invites me on a yacht in Monaco, I'm probably going. <laughs> yeah, all holiday they were saying if, if a man says Aston's coming a lot, they're, they're going to go straight away and be like a, a, what is it, like sugar daddy type of thing. So I was like, okay, yeah, get, go and get your money. But yeah, we missed the opportunity because we're too much of a gentleman. Very much. All good, good for you guys.